Well, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Uh, my name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we get started with the, on the right track here by getting started with a little bit of music. Uh, the music is coming from Jay Moss. Jay Moss, uh, this was a TBN broadcast uh, a few years back. And the song is called Rebuild Me. So we'll go ahead and start playing some music and we'll get started uh, with Sunday School in due course. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you. <clears throat> Good morning, Brother Nate. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Hope you're having a great morning. We're in standard time now. You've had a week to get adjusted to the time change. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Sister Laura. How are you? Good to see you this morning. Sometimes I'm cold. And sometimes I'm hot. Anybody ever been there? Maybe this one. Sometimes I'm prayerful. And other times I'm not. Good morning, Clorinda. Hi. How are you? Have you ever been there? Sometimes my faith feels used up. Time for Sunday school. Get your coffee this morning. It's especially good right now. I'm doing pretty good. Um, doing pretty good. Got good rest last night. Cindy, good morning. God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. We're about 11 and 12 days away from Thanksgiving. That sounds about right. I know. <laughs> That's not what we want to talk about. <laughs> Time to sip some more coffee. <laughs> you have to watch the company you keep when you start making small talk. Sometimes you might say the wrong thing. <laughs> Enough talk about that. For those of you coming to church today, bundle up. It's going to be nice and windy today. And if you're not coming, we got you covered anyway. Have to go to work today or not. 
How are you? You got your coffee? Today. There you go. Coffee, coffee. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. We like when you hang around if you can. That's all good. One of these days, we'll get to say hello in person. Hi, Bev. Good morning. God bless you guys. God bless you, Bev. Uh, Jay Moss um, on a TBN broadcast uh, doing uh, Rebuild Me, and uh, I wanted to uh, edit it out a little bit because it, uh, we want to get started with our Sunday School lesson. We, we have some things to cover here, not a whole lot of material, but I just have a feeling that <clears throat> based upon the, uh, the research and the commentaries, uh, it might be good to, to get to all of it and not to leave anything out uh, today uh, exactly. Um, Okay, we um, have a few announcements to make. We want to make sure that, first of all, you are aware that for those of you who are online in different time zones and who are not uh, not able to come to church uh, today in Akron, uh, Pastor Gus's message is available, will be available in the timeline uh, following Sunday School. The Breath of Life is the name of his message. He will be presenting that uh, for you. And we do uh, humbly ask for you to acknowledge uh, these messages that are put forth, we've made it a, a point to <clears throat> provide a message online every week, uh, no matter who's preaching, for anyone and everyone to be able to view and see and share. And share. Absolutely, yeah. You share the message, share the information with others as well, too. And make sure that you make your likes and, and if you have any comments, add comments as well, too. But we are doing that as a service uh, for the church, but for everybody else as well, too, who is a member of our church who is not able to be with us in Akron. And, and we have a few people like that. Um, I know of some people right now in Las Vegas who, who uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. So we appreciate your paying attention to these messages that are provided each week. The Breath of Life, Pastor Gus's message for today, will be in the timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page immediately following Sunday School. For those of you in Akron, he will be at church at 11 o'clock to provide that message as well, too, uh, in some form. That's the neat, neat thing about this. You do a message on one uh, venue, but the message that we hear in Akron may be a, a different message, same topic, but that's the beauty of the whole thing. You can go back, and if you're blessed to be available to see all of them, then both of them, you can do that, too. Um, please pray for Pastor Gus's brother, Glenn. He is... Uh, in the hospital, um, I'm just going to ask you just to pray for for him to get rest, peace, and comfort right now. It's a uh, a time where I'm I'm just going to be uh, I'm not sure how what the prognosis is going to be, but I'm just going to say just keep praying for the family as well too. Pray for the family. The family needs your prayers. They need to be girded up uh, with your support and prayers that God will always hear uh, as we pray uh, in unison. Uh, uh, for matters such as these. Please remember your tithes and offerings as well, too. We want to make sure that we're still contributing to the church, and um, the word is is that we're actually uh, doing a little bit better with tithes and offerings this year than we were last year, which is an amazing thing to hear and see, uh, given that we've got uh, 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 still a pandemic type of a situation where we're not able to be a church except during the church service. So we thank you for your contributions, and we thank you for your prayers and support. We, This ministry is a viable ministry. It is going to continue as a viable ministry. It will be a combined online and in-person ministry that is the future of the church. We really believe that, and we appreciate your supporting the church efforts in that area as well, too. So please remember your tithes and offerings. If you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. If you're coming to church, just make sure that you drop the tithes and offerings in the uh, envelope uh, the envelope that you have in the box as you enter ch church as well, too. 
Same protocols in effect for church going as well, too. Masks um, are, I'm not going to require them, but I think it's a, it's a common sense thing if you're not comfortable to wear a mask, if you don't want to have to do uh, anything with close contact with people. Um, but we have a lot of people who do like to make close contact and like hugging and all that. So uh, masks are something that if you're comfortable, use them. And uh, we are also recommending sitting um, with social distance, except for those obviously who you know. And, and then you just go from there. But we look forward to having you uh, every Sunday morning. We are going to be open in church every Sunday. That's the way it's going to be. Um, all right. With that in mind, I think I've covered all the announcements. And we're going to go ahead and get to the lesson today. The lesson is in Hebrews chapter 10. We're closing out Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at verses 32 through 39. This is, um, if you look at, Hebrews chapter 10, you'll notice how I broke it up, the last part of Hebrews, into three different lessons. Because of the tone of the message and the messages that were being provided, it was necessary to do that uh, because there, there really wasn't a flow per se. You have to understand when this letter was probably put together, I really believe it was just done in such a way where uh, it was written where, I, I don't know, different sermons or something that were being put forth. And it's all combined together and smushed together in, in Hebrews chapter 10. But we'll see that there is a flow. There is an actual flow in the, in the passages. But for the sake of doing lessons, and, and we're limited to you know 30 to 40 minutes of going over these lessons, we want to make sure that we have continuity and make sure that we uh, follow the specific topics or points of the verses for that, for that particular lesson. We're in the superiority of faith. Uh, that is the message here, and it is a call to persevere. We we have obviously had to do that, that a very exact same thing today. We've had to persevere. Now, I'm going to tell you that uh, what suffering is relative, and we in, we have indeed suffered. We've had we've had to do some things differently that we are not used to. I don't know that we would call them suffering, but in the definition of the word suffering, I suppose that that would be an accurate statement. But we're referring to persecution here, and what we're going to look at here is the actual persecution of human beings on other human beings that we're discussing here in this particular passage, and how the writer of Hebrews is encouraging those believers to persevere in their Christian faith, persevere and maintain their conduct. Um, you're going to be facing persecution, you're going to be facing pressure, that's what the Hebrews writer is saying, and some of them have already endured it, some of them have already been through it, and it's very, very tough, it's very difficult. The most accurate parallel I can think to, to about something like this is that we have Christians who are persecuted in different parts of the world because of their beliefs, and they are restricted from having access to different things, and you have to understand that... Um, we're not that far away from something like this today on earth. I don't, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to happen necessarily in our lifetimes. I don't know that that's going to be the case or not, but it may. Um, but I'm just letting you know that when we talk about people who hate God, we're, we're talking about people who are going to hate God and anything that stands for God and any person that stands for God. And, and we're referring specifically to Christians, aren't we? We're referring to people who are in the faith. And we're referring to people that need to be encouraged to stand on their faith because we, we're going to have a few people who are just going to deny the faith and going to turn away from it because of pressure, because of persecution. That is what the nature of this lesson is, to encourage people to stand firm in the faith. So I just want you to be prayerful as we go through this lesson and understand that um, there are a lot of people who believe that they, you know, will be at the right there with Jesus at the end when the time comes, and and then you'll find that they weren't there at all. They're, they decided that they just wanted to bail. The the cares of the world, the the worries of the world, uh, may get people to deny the Christ. You have to understand that's what's written in the book of Malachi. I go back and look at Malachi. Malachi is a great book to look at at the end about how God speaks to. The people. He has this conversation. It's one of those conversations he's having with the people, supposedly, where the people are saying, Where have we denied you? Where have we rejected you? And, and the Lord will just go back and just list it off point by point. Um, and 
he keeps an account. Uh, if you look at the end of Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, right at the end, he keeps an account. He's got this scroll or this book of names of people who have stood firm in the faith. And, you know, that's kind of where we get, I think, might be one of the places we get the account where God keeps a record of the individuals who truly are faithful and remain faithful. And the premise is that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You really believe in him and you stand uh, firm with him. And he will remember that and he will acknowledge that. And those are the people that he cares for. I think he says it in the same way he cares for uh, those individuals as he cares for a child, one of his own children. And uh, who uh, needs protection, needs help. It's really important for us to see this. So let's get into the lesson. I've already kind of gotten into it, I suppose, even before <laughs> starting it. But that's that gives you an idea of where we're going with this today. And I want you to be prayerful on this. And there's understand something about the the world that we live in today. And you, you may have already figured this out that the world that we live in today, there's a there's a totally different reality out there that. Uh, following the world or following what the world dictates seems to be the way to go. But most often, that is not the way we as believers should be going. We should be going in a totally different direction than where the world is going. If we understand this, we recognize this, we will abstain from exposing ourselves to these types of conditions. And it is conditioning, by the way, to abstain from those things. We as believers have to truly separate ourselves from those things that are toxic, those things that are not good for us, um, those things that glorify uh, demonic activity. Stay away from those things. You don't have any business messing around with that stuff. We, we shouldn't be doing any of those things. We should be focusing more on Jesus Christ uh, every day in, in every way, in every aspect of our lives. And remaining prayerful in that in that way. So let's go ahead uh, and get started with prayer. And I thank you for your allowing me to uh, just kind of speak for a little while here. I know, right? I'm just I just keep going. So uh, good morning, good morning, Greg. Uh, good morning, Larry and Ann. Uh, God bless you both. Thanks for being here. Wanted to acknowledge you since I saw you jump on. But uh, there's a lot to cover here. Let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. And thanks again for your patience while we get going here. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your presence this morning. We thank you for, Lord, what you have to teach us now. You have to encourage us with. We need your encouragement. We need your teaching. We need your wisdom. Lord, we know that you can impart wisdom as you imparted wisdom to Solomon and many other people who were that we read about in Scripture. We know that you have the ability to do that. and we, Lord, we call on that wisdom right now to have complete understanding of where you want us to be, what you would like for us to do, what you would have us to do as we go from place to place and go about from moment by moment, encountering different people, ready to speak about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Not just show it in our faces, but speak about it. And we pray that we're prepared to do so. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I mean teaching for myself, too, everybody, because uh, it's not uh, – I'm providing the information today that's given to me by the, the Holy Spirit, and I pray that you take it in such a manner. Let's go ahead and look at uh, – turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. It's a great passage. Um, it's a passage that – really does uh, provide encouragement, and it provides cautions within the encouragement as well, too. Just stay focused on the truth. Stay focused on Jesus Christ. Um, for those of us who are believers and have been believers for quite some time, we kind of know the drill when it comes to what Jesus would like for us to do. Sometimes we are challenged because we just don't do the things that Jesus wants us to do. We, it's almost like what the song was saying here. Uh, sometimes I'm prayerful, sometimes I'm not. And we are called to be prayerful at all time. Pray without ceasing. Uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, we know that. Uh, pray without ceasing. At 517, I believe it is. Um, just keep praying continuously. Don't stop. And that's the way we need to be living from now on. We have to live this way. As times get tougher, and they are going to get tougher in some respects. I'm going to be honest with you. They're going to get a little tougher. 
we, we just have to recognize that the goodness that we experience and the protection and the grace we experience comes from none other than Jesus Christ. And I'm prayerful that we're prepared to deal with any issues that come up uh, because of that. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. I'm going to start reading from the New Living Translation, and I ask that you follow along in your version. Verse 32, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Listen to this and read this as if you are the one being addressed. This is what we need to do here in this particular passage. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. And that's something we need to understand. When you make a choice for Jesus Christ, you're automatically choosing sides in a world that is ungodly. So you choose sides, and if you're going to choose Jesus Christ, you're going to also now face persecution or suffering. Verse 33, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Verse 35, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Verse 37, for, a little, for in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Verse 39, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Okay, that is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. A very rich passage. And sometimes it's hard to know where to focus when you start with something like this. But let's go back to the top. And we are being encouraged here in this passage to persevere in our faith. And we don't typically like to hear the word suffering. That's just not in our... We, we just don't like to talk about that. Suffering means, like I said, different things to different people. Now, when the writer of Hebrews is writing directly to people who were Jews and converted into Christianity... And remember what happened to Stephen, because Stephen made the declaration, because, and, and remember, remember how Stephen wound up even going under trial, because people didn't like Stephen and lied about him. Well, that's persecution, isn't it? That's the persecution, the ultimate persecution was when he was stoned to death, but he went ahead and told the truth anyway, and he stood firm in his faith. And we have to understand that there was a lot of persecution back then for people who, if they chose to just follow Christ, not follow maybe perhaps the old Mosaic teaching, um, they, were, uh, they were pretty much uh, cast aside. They were outcasts. They were shunned by their own families. They were basically you know, made to be, feel like black sheep in the family. If you've, you've heard that term before. This is exactly what was going on back then. And there was even a situation where people were being thrown in jail and people had their, their belongings confiscated from them. And yet the people who were in jail, in prison, that's what it says in verse 34, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail and when, you, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. What if something like that were to happen to you? How would you feel? Would you recognize that those possessions that you have are possessions that, number one, they were given to you by God. You didn't do anything to really acquire them. And now that they've been taken from you, you know, maybe God allowed that to happen too as a challenge for your own faith. And we have to understand these things, everybody. You know, it, the, the possessions that we have, the things that we, we have around us and that we have acquired over time, uh, those things can be gone in a heartbeat. And will you stand firm and remain faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's what we have to always consider here when we look at this thing. You know, if you've got the clothes on your back, if you're alive, if you're getting, if you have the ability to eat every day, you're you're already blessed. You are blessed. These are things that we have to recognize and see. And I, I hope that you can see and understand that. 
So, of course, because of suffering, we might uh, feel God's presence more clearly when it's stressful. But we also recognize that when we go through stresses, when we go through difficulty, it's an opportunity for learning. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for developing your character. As we get older, we learn that we can do with and we can do without. And there are things that we've experienced in life that teach us these things. And we recognize that as we suffer and as we go through things, Jesus is with us. I hope you recognize that. I, I hope you can see that. I mean, that's really what's important here, that Jesus is with you no matter what you're going through. And we sometimes need to understand that um, Jesus allows us to go through some of the most painful suffering and difficulties, but it doesn't mean he's abandoned us. It doesn't mean that at all. We have to recognize that. We have to go back and look at these very things and say that Jesus has not abandoned us. Um, let me take a look at a passage here that uh, I looked at yesterday. I want to make sure that uh, it's in line. Yes, Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And I want to give you another reminder here about Jesus is going to come back one day and put an end to all pain and suffering. He's going to return. But he wants us to grow in our faith and in our relationship with him until that time when he comes. Praise the Lord that he's coming soon. He's coming. Um, and I, you know, I, not to get uh, off track here, don't know that he's coming in our lifetime. Don't know that. I, I don't see that off right now because honestly, uh, my wife and I, we had a brief conversation about this the other day. I think more has to happen uh, before that moment when Jesus is coming. And it, it may come right down to the very things we're reading about here in Hebrews about the type of suffering that was being taking place. The public ridicule, the things taken from you that were belonged to you, but now they were being confiscated. Um, beaten, being beaten, uh, those that's a very realistic possibility in the future. People will be persecuted uh, with beatings, I can see that absolutely. That's not. It's something that's taking place right now, everybody. Just because we're living in the United States and we're not seeing it personally doesn't mean it's not happening. But it's taking place in other areas. But I think it's even going to come here where we'll wind up seeing something like this as well, too. Romans five verses three through five. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what we have as a direct pathway of communication to the Lord. He is the one who provides us what we need to be able to communicate with him. He communicates with us with giving us understanding of the word that we read and he speaks to us. And we speak back to him in prayers and it's interesting when I go to um, assisted living and I, I do the Bible study and, I, and one person always chimes in, <laughs> Jesus is on the main line, tell him what you want. And the more I've thought about that, yeah, I, I know that the, the, the sound of that uh, song is not necessarily uh, directly biblical, but it, it gets to that point. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit is our main line. He is our communication. He is the way that he communicates with us. And he does ask us to tell him anything. He, he goes out and says, you know, in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. These are all things that are applicable uh, for those who want to break it down and say that Jesus is on the main line. <laughs> you need to ask and not tell him. Uh, but but the point is, is ask, I think, is the, is the point. That's exactly right, I know. But, but that's what the song is. I, I get that. But you have to understand, we're, we have people who are um, uh, seasoned in years, and they've heard that song, and that was a song that they kind of hung on to. And when you're in the memory care unit and someone's hanging on to a song like that, that's not a bad thing. They're, they're actually paying attention to who Jesus is and recognizing who he is. So we'll, uh, we take that as a blessing, honestly, that... God has given people the ability to remember those very things that they were taught. Train a child, um, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Um, there's a lot to be said for that passage. It does mean something. It does carry some weight. And in this passage, the Bible gives us 
a clear choice uh, as far as the direction we go. Now, the assumptions being made here that people, if we make the assumption, first of all, that people are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, your salvation is secure. You don't need to worry about losing your salvation. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be conscious of your faith and pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to your faith and pay attention to what you're putting your stock in and not putting your stock in something that really is a deceptive measure of some sort that takes you away from focus on Jesus Christ, that you're practicing not a relationship but just a religion. That's what you have to be focused on and make sure that you're not doing that. Um, Life gives us forks in the road, doesn't it? Life gives us choices that we make. We make fateful choices. I'm prayerful that every time you make a fateful choice or make a decision that you're prayerful about it and you just don't just do stuff willy-nilly and and just do stuff uh, flying by the seat of your pants all the time. I don't think that that's necessarily the way that God would have you to go. God wants you to have a prayerful relationship with him as you make choices and make decisions. And sometimes when you make a choice, you're going to go take a road that might be more difficult. It might be a road that is treacherous. It might be very steep in places if you're traveling on a road. It may be very narrow. Um, if it's cold weather, maybe Satan will put some ice out there to make you slip. Uh, you have, these are all things that we have to reckon with as we move along in life. And sometimes the paths that we take are very lonely paths. Sometimes they are just not, you know, you, you feel like you're, Sometimes I, I think like my, my wife and I are the only ones going in a certain direction and everybody else is going somewhere different. And, and I, I, I feel that way. I don't know if she feels that way all the time. I'm, I'm kind of mentioning it, but I, I put her in the same category because we're like-minded. I mean, we, we want to make sure that we're always focused on Jesus. Um, not everybody that we talk to who professes belief in Jesus is always on the same page. They maybe have a different way of thinking or a different way of doing things, and they may frankly need our encouragement. They may need encouragement because they're very anxious. They don't know what's coming next. They don't know what's going going to happen, and we have to turn our anxiety and our issues back to the Lord Jesus Christ when we stay on a path. You're going to make it, though. If you take that path, if you're following the direction of Jesus Christ, you're going to make it. You're going to arrive. You're going to be where the Lord will want you to be. And he will bless you for doing so. Stay focused on what Jesus Christ has done for you and what he offers in the future. Uh, turn with me, please, to Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, chapter tw- uh, chap- Romans chapter 8, verses 12 I don't think I'm going to go through all of these. I'm going to go through, let's go 12 through 17. And it's probably, I would just have it be homework where you guys read through to verse 25. I'm going to cover verses 12 through 17. And one thing we have to recognize is that in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a kinship. We have a relationship where we are, heirs we are his children we are going to receive an inheritance from him that's the way we have to look at this verse 12 in romans 8 so then brothers we are debtors this is the english standard version we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live Look at the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is your companion, your lifetime companion now because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He gives you the direction that you need to not live according to the flesh, but to live according to the Spirit. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. 
what you're learning here and what you're reading is that in order to be an heir, in order to be one who is with Christ, you have to suffer. You have to go through the suffering in this lifetime that Christ had to endure himself as well, too. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. So if you're going to be suffering, if you're going to be going through persecution, you always remember that, you know what, you're not the only one who's done this. Jesus Christ was right there with you, and he is with you at that very moment when you're going through suffering. So just keep moving forward, keep climbing along, keep a positive attitude in spite of what's happening. Keep a smile on your face. Don't get caught up in uh, giving something back to someone who gives it to you. Nothing like that. We don't need to do that. We already know where that's coming from. We already know that Satan is the one who is trying to provoke you to ruin your own testimony. You ever get that? Satan tries to provoke people from ruining their testi- to, into ruining their testimonies. And, and that's what we want to do. You want to prevent yourself from doing that. That's what you want to always keep in mind. Um, okay. Let's go back to the passage in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. Um, part of this I pulled from the Believer's Bible Commentary because... It asks some very point, poignant questions as we go through readings like this. And, um, and one thing that's being mentioned here in Hebrews, just to make sure that we summarize what's going on, the writer in Hebrews is giving us three very uh, compelling reasons why the early Jewish Christians were to continue to steadfastly remain in their faith and stay allegiant to Jesus, declare allegiance to Jesus Christ. Not just the Mosaic law, but now to Jesus Christ, staying firm in the faith. First reason was that their former experiences should stimulate them to do so. Um, looking at what happened to others, in fact, in the faith should st- stir them to do so. The second thing is the nearness of the reward should strengthen them. We are in a, a place where we're only going to be in, uh, alive for a certain number of days, and there is uh, going to be a reward that's given to those who trust in Jesus Christ. And so the nearness of their reward should compel people to remain steadfast in Jesus Christ. Think about that as you consider these things. And the third thing is that the fear of God's displeasure should deter them from going back. God is pretty much telling the the Christians, the, the, the Hebrews, the Hebrew Christians, don't go backwards. That's not going to be a good thing for you to do. That's for the past. That is the way it was done before Jesus came now that you have the truth, now that you know who Jesus is, you need to keep moving forward. Stay on the path with Jesus Christ. It's not about going back to the way things were before. That's no longer in existence. That covenant that was made with the people was no longer in effect. It's now the new covenant under Jesus Christ. So the past experiences should stimulate those believers because they became targets of bitter persecution. They were persecuted. They were basically exiled in their own area. I mean, they, they had to uh, pretty much act or behave in such a way where they were different from what everybody else was doing, and people were ticked off about it. They didn't like it, and they were persecuted. You remember what Saul did? Saul was right there when Stephen was persecuted. Saul was the one who was uh, kind of leading the charge. He was a very zealous individual when it came to the old faith the old way of doing things. And we have to understand that that persecution was real. Believers were being chased around, chased out of the country, chased into different lands, chased into different parts, and some were killed. And so we have to recognize that they should be stimulated to stand firm in the faith because they were being hounded. But rather than them being cowardly, being fearful, they stood firm in their faith. The sufferings actually strengthened their faith. When Stephen was able to stand, you know, basically not ignore what was happening to him, he recognized what was happening to him, but what was his focus the entire time at the end of his life? On Jesus Christ. He looked into heaven and saw him at the right hand of God. And the people who were persecuting him, they didn't want to hear any of that, and they didn't want, they tried to shout him out. They tried to plug their ears, and they threw rocks at him and stoned him and killed him. But Stephen remained focused on Jesus Christ in the midst of his killing. 
and even asked for forgiveness for those people who were killing him because they didn't know what they were doing. Where have we heard that before? Jesus Christ did the same thing. Stephen had that perspective, that heavenly perspective, that, boy, you know, you just wish you could have that all the time. I, I, it, I know that it's, he was just a man, just a human being, just like you and me, but we can have that if we have a very, very strong, tight relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to recognize that that's where that all comes from. Those people were worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus Christ. Take a quick look at Acts 5.41. I want to keep things moving along here. This had to do with when the the men went before council. Um, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. The name of who? The name of Jesus. They were rejoicing because they were being persecuted. Do you have that type of mindset? Do you have that type of attitude when it comes to your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that's where we need to be now. That's where we need to be. We live in a world of God-haters. And we need to stand firm in our faith. And honestly, stand firm and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That wherever he puts you, he puts you in a place where you can succeed. And far as far as making a positive testimony on his behalf. So we need to recognize that the suffering does indeed take place. And there was always this problem of guilt by association back then, too, when we talk about persecution. That's what it refers to in verse 34 of Hebrews chapter 10. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. And... You helped others as well, too, who were suffering the same things. Even though you were being persecuted, you helped others. You tried to help them get through. And that's what we need to look back and see here. The great consideration also of understanding that there is a reward. There is a reward coming that would strengthen them. There is a reward. What do you think the reward is going to be for you? Do you know? I always tell anyone who's ready to listen here that Jesus already has that place prepared for you. Fellowship with him in heaven is what you're going to have. You already have a place ready for you. I, you know, I've made, I've kind of joked about this before. I don't know if it's a condo. I have no idea what it is. It's a nice room, a, a nicely appointed condo. I have no idea what that place is. But when I think of a place that's prepared for me, it's a place I can readily go to and walk into and know that it, it belongs to me. It's for me. And it's a place of fellowship with none other than Jesus Christ, the one who provides it for us and all the things that go with that. And that's the thing that we need to recognize here. You have a reward that's waiting for you if you remain faithful. Um, enduring, there's tears, there's pain, there's suffering. But F.B. Meyer says, don't miss the harvest of your tears. I like that. The harvest of your tears, your, the harvest of your tears is actually going to be that place, that place that Jesus Christ has prepared for us. We're going to live for a time and then we die. And then because of our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will have fellowship with him. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen and amen. The people, the Hebrew Christians were much closer to the fulfillment of God's promise than ever before. Couldn't turn back. Wasn't, there was no time to turn back from it. And what they needed to do to get through this was endurance. Go back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Endurance. That is one of the, when we talk about the, the matter of faith uh, and, and looking at um, following the Lord Jesus Christ and living according to his image. The E in image represents enduring, endurance. Endurance is a very important aspect of being a, a believer. Uh, have you not had to endure different challenges in your life? Look, let's call them challenges. Challenges in your life that are related to your faith. 
And the answer is yes, of course you have. If you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're automatically in foreign territory. If you're in the world, you're in foreign territory. You, yes, this is a place where you're at for a moment, but um, in, foreign, in foreign land, in foreign territory, when you're in a place where people would much prefer to do worldly things or, or not follow the Lord, yeah, you're a, you're a foreigner to them, and we need to recognize that. But and that's where you need to have endurance. After having done the will of God, you would receive the promised reward. And that's exactly what was true about the Hebrew Christians too. They will receive their reward, and the reward was coming. Um, when we go back to Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-seven. You'll notice there's a quote there if you look at that passage. I think your Bible should have a quote in front of the first word in, uh, in Hebrews 10.37. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Well, that's actually being pulled from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, because it says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. And that's what we need to recognize here. But we need to make sure that we're focused on not turning away from Jesus Christ, not turning away from him, staying steadfast. And the reason why, and that third point that I mentioned before about why the people of faith back in Hebrews uh, that we're reading about here in Hebrews were not to turn away is because there is a fear of God's displeasure if you turn back and go back in the, in the other direction. And the writer in Hebrews is saying this. Don't be the ones who turn away from God to their own destruction. Now understand something. Turning away from God to their own destruction is kind of a loaded phrase. Because we have to make the assumption that um, in this, if someone is talking about being destroyed or destruction, perhaps they knew of Jesus but never acknowledged Jesus as Savior. And so but to go back, knowing that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and to deny that, uh, that's a problem. And so I think that's what the writer in Hebrews is referring to. But he also comes back and says, we are the faithful ones, in verse 39, whose souls will be saved. Because we indeed understand the, there is a ramification, there is a repercussion for not following the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's say you are a believer and you, you're not an apostate, okay? You're, you're, you're a believer, and for whatever reason, you're just lazy in your faith. You're not doing anything. Well, do you think your reward is going to be as good as the reward for those who were truly faithful and stayed faithful? Um, I'm going to challenge you that it won't be. <laughs> it's not going to be as good. Uh, that's that's something that I think we probably should talk about more sometimes. You know, people think, well, I'm going to get in with the skin of my teeth. I'm going to live, you know, don't don't play games with God with stuff like that you're just playing games you're when it comes right down to it if you're a believer in the lord jesus christ you need to live like a believer act like a believer understand that god is just he is faithful he is truthful and he wants people to believe and have faith um it's the same root word in greek greek by the way believe and faith and believe and faith mean the same thing um and We'll be talking about that more when we get further into Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 11. It's going to go right to that point where we talk more about this thing about believing and what it represents. But we want to make sure we're believing and we're not turning backwards and going backwards away from what is we already know what the good news is. The good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray that nobody wants to go backwards. Amen? You shouldn't be wanting to go backwards. You should be wanting to go forward. You don't want to displease God by going away from the truth that you already know. And that's what, we, what it comes down to. I'm always cautionary when it comes to teaching God's word. I want to make sure that I'm as accurate as I can be. And if I need to fix something, I'll fix it. But I don't want to be a person who knowingly teaches falsehood. That's a problem in the faith. We don't ever want to be in that position we always want to be prayerful as we go and bring God's good good word, his, his loving word, his kind words to every person for him, them to acknowledge him. But we also want to make sure that we understand that we don't want to displease God. We don't want to grieve God when we 
do things that we know are contrary to his teaching, contrary to those things that we know are good for us, but we're just denying those very things. So we want to make sure that we persevere and preserve our souls. And I mean that from the standpoint of remaining faithful, staying faithful. Don't turn away. Don't turn away. Don't play games with God. Stay truthful in the faith and stay. Uh, make sure that you have that full assurance of faith that we're talking about. But we have a call to persevere, and that's what the teaching has been and what it is in this particular lesson. So we are the faithful ones, back in Hebrews 10.39, we are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And I pray that you believe that because you trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He is the one who has to save us. He is the one who saved us from our sin. Our sin separated us from God. It's Jesus Christ. He is the bridge. He is the, the one who provides the necessary ability for us to not just pray to God, but to save our very souls. And we're very thankful for what Jesus Christ has done. Knowing in your suffering that you have a place, a place to go, a place to look forward to. That's the encouragement of today's message and lesson. That's what the Hebrew writer was trying to tell the Jewish Christians to stand firm in the faith no matter what's happening to you. Uh, even unto death, because there's a better reward for you that's waiting. Stand firm in the faith, and it will all be well. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. And I'm reminded of, of that, that very hashtag, all will be well. And that means a number of different things. Even for the time that we have here, all will be well. We know that you're coming back. We know that you're returning. There will be a time and a place where you will reign on earth, where you will be reigning in Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. And we thank you for doing those promises that have been made and the promises that you're going to keep. We are confident in our faith that those promises that you have made will come to pass. We thank you for that. And we see that in the evidence of our lives today. The answers to prayer, the encouragement, the blessings. We thank you for showing us those very things too, to encourage us to remain steadfast in you. Remain firm in you. Remain firm in our reading and study time. We thank you for all of those teachings and reminders. Bless us and keep us, Lord, now and in the future. Give us travel mercies as we go about and help us to remember to proclaim your name when called upon. And we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining me today for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. God bless you all for being here. Uh, for those of you who are online, stay here online with the, the following Sunday School. You'll see Pastor Gus's message, uh, The Breath of Life. It'll be available for you. And we pray that for those who are in Akron, travel mercies to all of you. We hope to see you in a few moments at church. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. And bundle up, by the way, when you go out. And we'll see you next time. Take care.